This is the Arm Subject Matter Expert Podcast, hosted by Justin Poulin. Tune in every month as we speak with industry experts to highlight success stories and solutions from the field that advance the healthcare supply chain. And now, Justin Poulin with this month's expert. Welcome to the Arm Subject Matter Expert Podcast. Joining me this month is Pooja Solanke, Senior VP of Spend Management and IT, Digital Health and Financial Services with Vizient. And so, Pooja, welcome to the Arm Podcast. Really happy to have you on today. Thank you, Justin. Really glad to be here as well. Looking forward to this conversation. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your background and uh, how you find yourself in this role with Vizient? Yeah, well, I started my career actually as an electrical engineer in my bachelor's and then an MBA. And so I have always been in this segment between IT technology and business and strategy. So my career has really been all over consulting for health systems and healthcare organizations and driving growth and transformation to then coming to Vizient about seven years ago, leading various product strategy, um, growth strategy, and transformation roles. And the key consistent theme has been the technology is really the enabler of that growth and that strategy. So in my latest role here, leading our IT spend management business unit, I drive the technology spend management business unit to enable our health systems really in getting most value out of their IT spend and minimizing risks in that IT spend. And of course, making sure it's aligned with their business growth strategies. So really thrilled to be here. Well, I'll even say that the backbone leading us up to this interview is a blog post that you wrote on the Vizient website. It's titled, Your Technology Strategy is a C-Suite Imperative. And I, I really want to take that message forward to all of the folks working in supply chain out there that are listening to this, especially now that I'd say C-Suite is paying a lot more attention to what's happening in supply chain. I also want to let everybody know that they can easily find this blog post either by looking in the description. We'll have a link for this episode in there, or they can just simply go to their favorite search. Maybe it's Google and search Vizient and your technology strategy is a C-Suite imperative, and this will pop up as the first result in your search results. So it should be very, very easy to find. But since we are here to talk about IT spend management, why don't we go a little bit deeper into your background specifically on this topic and tell us a little bit more about your experience specifically in that area. Yeah, thanks so much. Like, as you mentioned, that blog post was really inspired by some of the experiences I've had around how IT is a key enabler of your growth strategy. But if you look at over the years, how much investment has been poured into IT by health systems, especially starting with Epic or your EMR, let's just not say it's Epic, but your EMR or your ERP systems, there's been a lot of multi-million billion dollar investments being made. And we're at this really critical point in the industry right now where uh, C-suites are questioning sort of the return of these investments. They're seeing constant inflation in IT spend and, and kind of questioning, is this really a worthwhile investment? How do we create more budget in this really tough financial environment that we find ourselves in as health systems where your reimbursement's kind of capped? But your your margin is, you know, your cost is really the only part of your financial statement that you have control over. And so they're really scratching their heads and saying, look, we've got to be competitive with all these non-traditional entrants in the market that are truly digitizing themselves, digitizing their patient experience. 
So we know we got to invest in IT. And it helped a lot with those strategies and tech enablement strategies and roadmaps, right? So I, I empathize with them. But now in the environment we're in, especially post-COVID, it's like, but we don't have the budgets. We've, we've kept investing in here. Well, where's the return? Where's the value? And so we find ourselves in this portfolio approach of where can we really drive spend management and efficiency in the IT supply chain? And where do we need to repurpose those dollars for some critical investments for growth? And it's not an or, it has to be an and or health systems will be relevant, right? But we've to find a way to do both. So I'm really passionate about this topic of IT spend management that is not only something an IT leader needs to think about increasingly, but needs to be something that, you know, all stakeholders, all C-suite leaders within the C-suite have to co-own, right? Because this isn't about just what you buy. It's about changing behaviors. It's about the CNO leaning in about what's right for the nurses. It's about the COO leaning in and saying, yes, I'll automate that workflow, no matter how painful it is. It's about the supply chain leader and the CFO leaning in and saying, yes, we'll prioritize this and help you with working with those vendors and getting the best contract value out of these contracts. So it's truly a cross-functional problem and requires that collaboration at the C-suite. Yeah, and I feel like human resources, which is typically the largest spend that a healthcare organization has in the budget, is also an area where we're experiencing inflation and struggles even to find people. And I feel like IT is an area where we can solve for some of that. Like you call, you talked about, you know, tech enablement, and I think that will help us kind of steer forward that path forward. But people are also really concerned about being hacked and having all of those challenges. Something else that's really interesting. Uh, from my perspective about IT sourcing is it's also similar to what we've seen traditionally with pharmacy, where it's not really underneath the full umbrella of the supply chain. It's almost like a carve out. And even you said, not just your, just a moment ago, you said, not just your IT leader, but I think that that silo has sort of existed and trying to pull in even, you know, contracted labor into supply chain and pulling pharmacy into these processes. I don't hear a lot of conversation around that for IT while I do for the other two. What is the state of the industry in this? Am, am I correct that IT is often like carved out and doesn't necessarily have the experts in the organization around supply chain being part of it? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I think that's spot on. Justin, I think IT is where maybe PPI or pharmacy were five, 10 years ago, right? Depending on the organization, you didn't see a lot of governance where supply chain had the seat at the table, let alone the other business owners in making this procurement decisions. It was, you know, that department alone. And now I think IT has the same, at least current state and majority of the health systems I speak to. You know, although what we're seeing is some of the organizations where the IT leader themselves are transforming, right? The CIO has a lot expected out of them from not just being the day-to-day IT infrastructure managers to being strategic partners to the strategy leader or the digital leader wanting to, you know, think outside the box and transform their organization. Well, you can't be doing that while maintaining a lot of the legacy procurement and, you know, spend management kind of functions of your prior role. I mean, you something's got to give. And I think some of the more savvier CIOs are seeing that, hey, I should partner with my CFO or my supply chain organization to see where they can lend a hand and then take some of this 
Now, you'll need subspecialization, no doubt about it, and they'll need to weigh in with their IT expertise. But there is some procurement best practices and contract lifecycle management support that they could lean on the supply chain department on. But it's just starting. And I do think I supply chain, on the other hand, is realizing, oh, boy, we, we don't have the IT expertise and the technology expertise or the cybersecurity risk assessment expertise to look at these contracts and the T's and C's in a way that will truly do it justice. So we've got to upscale ourselves as well to at least know enough about what a software contract looks like versus, you know, a med surge contract, right? And so both areas are, are kind of meeting in the middle in some of the health systems and finding a need for that expertise. Because the other thing I'll tell you that's driving this, which is fascinating, is technology is embedding itself in almost all products and services, right? So technology is not its own category in some cases. Well, it is its own category for some of the core areas, but your medical device is starting to talk to the cloud and your bedpan is starting to talk to the cloud and your food service provider is having some patient experience apps now that you know are coming in. So what I'm finding is also other more legacy categories in supply chain are also digitizing. And so supply chains having to upskill in technology no matter what. Yeah, it's almost like you know, supply chain is going to get pulled into this one way or another because they have to almost come alongside as a partner with IT sourcing. So why not just get fully integrated smart devices like you talked about? But something else that's important is also the nature and structure of many of these agreements, especially in the IT spend. I feel like you just mentioned the cloud. And so what the cloud has sort of created for us is software as a service or SaaS solutions. Many of those SaaS solutions are subscription-based, which isn't necessarily how we're used to contracting, especially on big dollar spend technology or contracts that we're bringing in through supply chain. Is that How new is that? How unique is that challenge? Is it five years where we really saw the emergence? Has it been going on for 10, but just only with certain ones? Give us a lay of the land on that. Yeah, I think the, the conversions from a product company to like a service company in general has been happening, I would say, in the last five years. In fact, the software is a service as well. Even that business model is going a lot of evolution, right? There was the SaaS 1.0 where it was still more enterprisey, right? Like you were a software as a service vendor, but you were still dealing with the sales cycle in a very sort of enterprise sales manner. So it was easy to control. It was more centralized. Well, over time, as things went to the cloud, right, and things became a little bit more subscription-based and decentralized, you just swipe a little business card or you're an Amex and you can buy a subscription, like, things are a lot more decentralized, right? And I, I think we're going to see even more and more evolved business models, savvier business models coming out of these software companies that are going and looking at usage-based, subscription-based, you know, or monthly, like all different types of pricing models as they kind of tinker around and see what's right and what's working for, say, a large health system versus a small health system versus provider versus non-provider. So remember, IT is not just, uh, you know, these providers sometimes our softwares are used by non-health you know, health systems as well. And so it's a lot of just innovation going on every, every year, right? It's not stable. And in each renewal cycle, you see either the pricing model completely changing where you now can't even compare apples to apples, or there's just a lot of 
kind of, I would say, ways to drive inflation without you even knowing that the pricing is increasing, right? Because right. again, you can't compare up. Hey, look at Netflix, you know, yes. like <laughs> it's slow and it's steady. And I, I think also as consumers in our day-to-day lives, we're trained or being trained to sort of adopt and recognize these subscription services. But, you know, it's a dollar a month here. It's a dollar a month there. And I'm pretty sure five years ago, I was paying half what I am today for my Netflix subscription. And so price creep, I think, can can kind of come into play with some of these subscription services. So let me ask you this. You wrote the blog about, you know, why the technology strategy is imperative for the C-suite. Answer that question for me high level, and then we'll drill back down into to supply chain and their role in all this. Yeah. I mean, I think the why behind technology being an imperative for the C-suite is, is very clear. It's one, you need technology to be aligned with your business problems, your business strategy, which starts at the top. It starts with the C-suite. And so if we don't know why we're buying something from a technology perspective, what its use cases, and we're not aligned with that leader, whether it be the clinical leader or the operational leader that's driving that need. Doing procurement or IT anything in a vacuum, whether it be the IT leader or supply chain leader doing it, it's just not going to be, it's going to be half the problem, right? It's going to be they're, they're in the silo, not able to truly see the full equation. And so one is you just got to have them understand the why. So many times I go in People are just like, can you lower my spend? And I'm like, I don't even know why you're using this technology in the first place. So if I don't know the why, I can't I can't drive the rationalization of it or its evolution over time. So I think that's one reason is the A, alignment with the business strategy. So you got to start at the C-suite. And secondly, as I said, like some of these spend areas are not going to go down because you contract at a lower price. Like it's it's less about the mature or the commodity areas where the supply chain leader will come in with a benchmark and voila, we get a better price. It's going to require a lot of rationalization. <laughs> what is the right? benchmark these days yeah, anyway? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like, well, can we rationalize who uses these subscriptions? Can we manage some of the shadow IT and take control away from you know some of the decentralized areas? Some of these strategies are going to require some painful behavioral change, change management beyond just the contract changing, right? Because the vendor requires that from you all to be successful. You know, you can't just say, I got no ROI from that technology. Okay, how much of that was the technology and how much of that was the utilization of the technology and the program management around it? And so I do think that, again, is a C-suite imperative that we are all behind this and we're going to maximize this, you know, and play our part in that. So those are the two big reasons why, you know, it needs to start at the top. Well, it also needs to start, you know, with anybody who's going to be sort of impacted. And since the sourcing process begins through, you know, the supply chain, at least it should, I think the importance of being proactive and kind of understanding these market shifts, not only in pricing models, but also who's coming and disrupting the industry. This is all very important, I think, to be ahead of the game on that. But there's two questions I have before we wrap that I want to make sure we get in here. The first one is about blind spots. What are some common blind spots not only for supply chain leadership, but maybe even just the front lines that they are, you know, dealing with these contracts and they're just coming in and maybe they're not familiar with the structure of those agreements. Where do we get caught unaware or not ready in a lot of cases as this just keeps pacing much faster? 
Yeah, a couple of areas. It's a really great question. You know, some of the blind spots I see, one on the pricing side, right? I told you how some of these business models are tricky. They're utilization-based. Sometimes they're not utilization-based, but maybe should be so that you're not, you know, spending money for things you're not using. So there's a lot of those fine print, I would say, that, you know, tends to get missed sometimes in how these contracts are structured from a pricing perspective. And so I would, I would definitely recommend that. The other thing is around just SLAs and metrics and, and an ability to get out of a contract if the vendor isn't performing, if there's certain risks to the business that are beyond just your typical contractual legal risks, but really around performance management of the vendor, right? I mean, there is oftentimes no clear SLAs or metrics set up to define success. And so managing a vendor becomes really tricky and painful. And then the last one I would say is just start not being proactive is the thing I see, like, you know, big Microsoft renewals coming up in 60 days. Well, it's a multi-million dollar, you know, sometimes $20 million spend. Having more than 60 days to really get your data together, what leverage points do we have, especially if you're a large health system, you have multiple hospitals to deal with around its utilization and around its needs. Are we going to buy a hospital? Are we going to divest a hospital? How is that going to impact my spend? You know, I think being proactive around those trends to use that as leverage in your renewal is going to be really important. And sometimes I find people start too late to to give it the appropriate time and strategic thinking. So I would say that's a blind spot as well. Um, you know, not inviting supply chain or the business owner to the table early is obviously an obvious one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's huge. And even as we wrap up, we're, we're right at the end of time here. But And you wove this in a little bit into your answer on the blind spots because I think you, you kind of piggybacked some good recommendations of best practices to address each one of those blind spots. But maybe add one more best practice that didn't tie into one of those blind spots that you just think is critical for supply chain to be successful and really support the C-suite's initiatives. Yeah, I think one big one is the the role of governance in this area cannot be, you know, underestimated. And honestly, it's going to vary from organization to organization. So supply chain needs to truly lean into defining that governance that they'll have between themselves and the IT department and the other business owners that, you know, impact the technology purchases. And we be proactive about what role are we going to play? What committees are we going to set up? And how does supply chain get a voice and then what data elements and research already exist, you know, and where can we lean in to partner in utilizing those data elements by being an extension of, say, the IT leadership team. So, again, like having that cultural shift that we're not here to take over the IT leaders control. We're not here to sort of make them feel like they don't have control in the IT decisions. Far from it. It's more of, hey, supply chains here to enable you to accelerate your your spend decisions and your procurement decisions so we can get speed to value. So let's set up the right governance, you know, to to accelerate that. I think with that narrative, there'll be a real shift because historically it's always been sort of this this relationship where like, why do I need, you know, why do I need supply chain support me? And, And I think the time is ripe for that governance to proactively be built 
and for there to be a better relationship between the two areas. Yeah, I really like that. Empower the expert in your organization within your role. That's great. I do want to remind everybody to check out that blog. It's on the Vizient website. It's titled Your Technology Strategy is a C-Suite Imperative. And we will have a link in the episode description. And also you can go to your browser and search Vizient and your technology strategy is a C-suite imperative. It'll come up very first in your list of search results. Pooja, great job today. Thanks so much for coming on the ARM Subject Matter Expert Podcast. Thank you so much. It was great being here. Thanks, Justin. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ARM Subject Matter Expert Podcast. For additional resources, visit our website at arm.org. That's A-H-R-M-M dot org. Tune in next month for another edition of the Arm Subject Matter Expert Podcast. Podcast.